Welcome to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz, a candid conversation as we learn about types of dementias, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, frontal temporal, and Lewy body, and the effects on the people we love. Jill's years of dedication and experience help you adapt, overcome obstacles, and find positive outcomes. It's time for Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. Well, hey! Hope everybody's doing great. Time for another show. I always forget to say, please give me a five-star rating. I don't know why I don't ask you all for that. If you like my show, please give me a rating. It's important because that helps especially iHeart and those different um, companies to know that you like my stuff. I don't want to win any popularity contest with, you know, the best podcast of the year or anything like that because I'm not into that kind of stuff. But I know that you all like it because I have so many listeners all around the world, and I appreciate you very much. All right, this show is important because I've had so many people struggling with medication mismanagement. It happens all the time. I mentioned it a little bit in a show that I did a week or so ago where I talked about making sure medications are working well with other medications when you add something new. But we can see pretty quickly when somebody is having some kind of a reaction to a medication. They could have an upset stomach. They could be throwing up. They could be struggling with standing up. They could be struggling with balance. All it takes is to take your heart medication or your blood pressure medication uh, more than once because you forgot to take it or you think you forgot to take it. And all of a sudden, somebody is taking your blood pressure and realizes that it's too low um, or something like that. And you can stand up, you could pass out and break something, and you don't want that to happen. And when people sort their medications in their bathroom, I think that's a very bad idea. And I'll tell you why. Because if you take the wrong amount or you don't take it for some reason and you pass out, you have more places to fall and hit your body, your head on the bathtub, the sink, the toilet. So try, 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 if you can, to keep the medications like in the kitchen or in the bedroom, somewhere where you have a little more room in case somebody falls and hurts themselves. I see this happen all the time, my friends. I just received a call uh, not very long ago about somebody that had not taken her medication on one day and then doubled it up on the next day and had passed out in an area where she hit her head on a counter. And boy, that was bad. That was really bad. So if you're having trouble with those kinds of things, Make sure that you keep medication boxes that say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Keep it in a place where they're not going to get hurt, where they're not going to drop it down a sink. Uh, They're not going to drop it in the toilet, um, something like that, okay? 
because those kind of things can be very difficult. And most of the time, we're managing the medication for somebody. This is a common problem for people with memory loss and cognitive impairment, where they're not taking their medication at the right time. And it's our job to take care of them and make sure that they are getting what they're prescribed and that what they are being prescribed is going to work. And I'll tell you, I think people can get over-regimented on medications, especially aging adults, seniors. They are often taking lots of medications, multiple medications. And then add to that, they've got confusion with their dementia. And you've got a recipe for disaster. So mismanaging those medications can lead to a lot of problems. One of them being like side effects, like drowsiness, being completely irritable, insomnia. I just did a show about sleep problems. And when all this adds up, Man, it can really diminish a person's quality of life. That is completely opposite of what we're trying to accomplish. That is not what we want. More than anything, you need to help your family member make sure that they're taking their medications correctly. I can't tell you how much that will help you to prevent any medication mishaps or adverse drug reactions that they could have, you can really jack somebody up by them taking too much or too little of something or mixing medications that just should not be mixed. So we're always trying to figure this out, right? Why are they having behavioral symptoms? Why are they acting different today? Most of the time, you can trace it back to something like that. And I guarantee you, that person cannot be an advocate for themselves. You're going to have to be their eyes and ears. You're going to have to work with the doctor. You're going to have to learn what the medications are, what their purpose is, what are their side effects, when is it not going to have efficacy? When, is, when does it lose its ability to make some kind of a good impact on the person? These are important things for you to know. Email the doctor. Email the pharmacist if you need to or make an appointment with them and get all of your questions answered. Don't leave anything to chance. The problems with patience, the problem with the person's cognitive ability and lack thereof, uh, the problems with the impairment on a thousand different levels don't need to be exasperated by giving them medication that you don't know what it is, how it works in their brain, and what kind of side effects you might have with that medication. 
there are other things that we can usually plug in if one medication doesn't work, kind of like the Namenda, Aricept, and Exelon. Uh, Aricept makes people have really, really upset tummies. So the same medicine in a patch that goes on your arm is so much better. There are easy fixes to this. You don't have to have somebody being upset and having their stomach upset. And as much communication, make really good friends with your person's pharmacist. Take them brownies. Take them flowers. Whatever you can do. No them on a first-name basis. When I'm at the grocery store, I always say hi to Laura, the pharmacist. I very rarely get medications from that pharmacy because I have Kaiser. And they're not Kaiser. It's a Safeway pharmacy. But there have been times in my life where I've had to get medication from them. And there may be, when I retire, I'll have to start getting medications from them anyway. And now I already know her and can go over and have a conversation with her if I have any problems like that. Other things about medications that can go really, really wrong. When Oh, my gosh. Have you ever taken one of those horse pills? that tastes so bad, that is every vitamin that has ever been made. For real. O-M-G. I hate taking vitamins because they taste so bad. Can they just put some kind of a coating over them? Like, come on, people. I won't even take vitamins because they just, just taste like taking an iron pill. It's gross. And they're big. They're huge. And for me to try and swallow that sucker is ridiculous. I have to cut them in half and endure the discomfort twice. But I'm willing to do that because I just hate the taste of vitamins. But people that have some type of dementia might have trouble swallowing. So, you know, I just have trouble swallowing because I don't like the taste. But if they don't like the taste... And they're having trouble anyway with just uh, being able to use the muscle that helps us to swallow. Ask the pharmacist if their medications come in a liquid or if you can crush it. If you can crush it and add it to applesauce or pudding or some kind of a sauce that they like, spaghetti sauce or anything. What can you crush it with and make it taste better? I ought to try that with my with my vitamins. Ugh. I know I shouldn't complain about it. I ought to go into business and make a vitamin that actually tastes good and tell people on the outside of the packaging, this actually tastes good. You won't want to throw up. I swear it would be the best bestseller. Um, how often do they take their medications? Do they take them two, three times a day? Are you always there two, three times a day? Can you call and remind them? Or leave notes, leave it on a sticky board or a whiteboard that they have to take medications. And look for the side effects. Are they, are they getting dizzy when they stand up? Are they throwing up? Are they getting any, um, like hives or anything like that? Uh, do they get heartburn? Try and Try and figure out the connection between what that symptom is, 
and the new medication that you've just infused or introduced to this situation? Are they more confused? Do they hate taking them like me with vitamins and they try and spit them out? Do they pocket it in the side of their mouth? Have them open their mouth and show you. Have them tilt their head back and maybe help them with massaging their throat so they can, you know, swallow it a little better. And look in all the sinks and toilets and trash cans to see if they're throwing medications away. Mismanagement of medications can happen in about a hundred different ways. And it's our job to be a detective and make sure that they are taking them and they're taking them correctly. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, I've got more ideas to make medication management at least tolerable because I hear from so many of you that this is your number one nightmare in caring for your person, and it's the least fun thing that you do, trying to get them to take their medications, take the correct medications, and making sure that medications aren't messing them up in some way, shape, or form. All right, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Carillon at Bellevue Station is a residential community enriching the senior living experience. Our community full of grandeur and elegance is located near Cherry Hills, Colorado. We offer independent living and personalized assisted living services and an intimate caring neighborhood for our residents with Alzheimer's and other dementias. A beautifully appointed spacious apartment, chef-prepared meals, transportation services, and a team devoted to your safety and wellness are what awaits you when you reside at Carillon at Bellevue Station. Call 720-440-8200 or visit carillon at bellevuestation.com for more information. Welcome back to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. Okay, so starting the conversation with somebody about their medications is probably one of the most important things that you're going to do and the most uncomfortable things that you're going to do. People don't want to talk about medications. I already took the medications. I hate the medications. I don't want to take the medications. But we need to help them with that process because it will impact their quality of life. And being confused, having some type of dementia disease could possibly cause that person to confuse their prescriptions. Forget to take them. Have an accident and dump all the medications out of the pillbox. I can hear some of you laughing right now going, that happened to me yesterday. Yeah, I know. I know. All we're trying to do is make sure we have clear communication so that they take their medication and that they're safe. The way to do that, I talk about it all the time, but your approach is imperative. It it is absolutely imperative for you to use a good approach, to have a smiling face, to have a positive expression. 
Use clear language and words when you're talking to them and don't over-explain why they need to take the medication. Here's your pill for the day, Mom. This one will help your blood pressure. This one will help you to not be dizzy. This one will help your brain to be clearer today. Whatever it takes. Take the pill. Get a big swig of water. Give them big kudos like you do with kids. Good job, Mom. Thank you. I hope this medication makes you feel better. Um, Thank you for working with me while we take it. Okay? Say things that are kind and positive positive aspiration things like I'm going to help you with your pills let's start with the first one here's your pill not your prescriptions on the counter that could confuse them that's a couple of steps here's your pill makes it simple here's the white pill can I place it in your hand Put it on your tongue. Take a drink of water. Keep it simple. Simple directions. I had a guy tell me in a in a support group that I have for people with the diagnosis. He said to me, uh, if you make things simple enough, I can still do these things. So saying, this is a pill for your heart. You need to take this pill to keep you feeling good. Simple things like that make that bridge more acceptable and accessible for everybody to get along better. And not only just the communication that you have, it's really important to make sure that they're storing the medications safely, the right way, in a cool cabinet, in the refrigerator, in a pill organizer. It's super important to make sure that those pills don't expire, that they don't get anything on them. Uh, I've mentioned it before, but I'll say it one more time. It is important to review the list of medications with your pharmacist and your doctor on a regular basis and not just do the medications mix well together. Do they do their jobs or do they complicate uh, when they're mixed with another pill and how does that happen? It's not just that. Do they need to continue to take those pills? Do they need every single pill in this? Do we really need to keep giving the Aricept and the Namenda and the Exelon well past its efficacy? Do they need to continue to take uh, statins for high cholesterol and things like that? Um, Can you wean them off of those? Do they have more activity now? Can we remove the the sleep pill that we're using at night because we're doing a better job of keeping them active throughout the day. There's a point that some of you are not going to want to hear, but I'm going to make it anyway, that 
if your person has advanced dementia disease, like Alzheimer's or Lewy body or Parkinson's or something like that, and they are very confused, you are helping them with activities of daily living and so on and so forth. Why do we keep giving them medications that kind of sustain them throughout the years, weeks, and months? Are we going to make them better? No. Would it, would it be better sometimes? This is a decision you all have to make for yourselves. But it would, would it be better sometimes to take away some of those medications and make this journey a tad shorter? These are things you have to decide in your directives if that's something that you want. But if they reach a point where it's really becoming a struggle to give them medications, stop. Consider stopping. I just sometimes struggle to see the point of the palliative care when they're not going to get better. Move to comfort care and keep them comfortable. That's the ticket. That's what I think. Because when you're having to record times and and doses and the doctor who ordered the medication and any side effects and symptoms with each prescription, uh, those are important things to do when that person is in the earlier stages. And you should do that. You should you know, note if you have to avoid certain foods or taking medications on an empty stomach or or how do over-the-counter medicines mix into all this. Uh, keeping lists and all that kind of stuff is important, is important to do. And even keeping a hard copy in a safe place on your refrigerator or something like that or carrying it in your purse or your wallet, those are important things to do when you're trying to help somebody Take those medications. But boy, is it ever a relief when we get to a point where we can take those medications away and don't have to do all that kind of stuff anymore. All things we have to balance, right? But while they are taking them, I think those are good things to do. Record when they're taking them. How much are they taking? Who ordered the who ordered the medication so that you can go back to that doctor if there's any problems, if they're having any side effects or any symptoms or anything like that. And you can always, always, always ask, you know, your pharmacist or anybody to give you literature about that medication. I think those are, that's incredibly insightful thing to do. Medications are important sometimes and not important sometimes. I am of the mind that when a person goes into a care community, at that point, you should probably let the community executive director and nurse decide what medications that person still needs. Um, Maybe they need something for anxiety because they moved in and they're struggling, or maybe they need sleep medications because they're up all night uh, walking around in other people's rooms. 
But limiting the heart medication, the blood pressure medication, the statin medications and all those kind of things. I just think at a certain point, my friends, it doesn't make sense anymore. And you need to look at these things and, and make those decisions and make them with your doctor. Make them with the executive director of the of the care center. Uh, all these things are important at some point, and they also should be eliminated at some point. And just let the disease process take its course and use approaches, communication, person-centered care, those kinds of things to help you with managing the symptoms as much as you can. And I'm, I would be willing to bet that there are not very many people that have Alzheimer's or Lewy body or Parkinson's or anything that at a certain point they would, wouldn't wish that you would take those things away, that you would just let them live out the course of their life and be happy with the activities, be happy with the engagement, and let nature take its course without medications keeping them alive. I'll tell you what, I'm going to make a most form for myself that says if I ever get Alzheimer's and I get to a point where I don't know my own name, I don't know families, don't give me anything. Let me go. Unless it's some kind of an antipsychotic mixed with a pain medication like morphine so I can go quickly. Color me happy. I'm telling you. I wish there were more ways that we could um, help people end this struggle and do it with compassion and love. We are kinder to our animals. We are more considerate to our dogs and cats and horses and everything else than we are to humans of taking them out of this journey in a good, holistic, loving way. Or adding specific medications that make that ride just a tiny bit shorter. I don't. I wouldn't want to go with dehydration and not eating or drinking and and the pain that you feel when that happens. I would rather have somebody give me simple medications that would take me out in about twenty four hours and call it good. That's just me. You all have to decide for yourselves. But that's another conversation we will have on another episode of my podcast. And don't forget, if you like my podcast and you think I'm honest, I'm forthright, and I give you good information, give me a five-star rating. And I'll be so happy. And I'll add listeners. And I will see you next week on Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. You've been listening to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. To learn more about her resources, services, classes, or to book speaking engagements, visit Jill's website at summitresiliencetraining.com. A new podcast drops every Tuesday, so join us as we learn more about dementias, resilience, and overcoming obstacles to find a positive outcome. Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz can be found on your favorite podcast provider. Please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Musical and technical support provided by Brian Hunter. See you next week.